Miredi Football Podcast, David Lawson, live. And Stefan Hausen had to put on a Chelsea blue shirt, as promised a friend of mine. I said that if Chelsea won, I'd wear this color blue for the next four straight days. So, Chelsea, 1-0. Ah, I'm not telling you no lies, Stefan. This one hurt me. This one really, really <laughs> hurt me. Um, and I'm here. I was switching through the channels after the game. Um, watching Mike Tyson lose to Buster Douglas. That game is on. Oh, going into the fight, we thought he was indestructible. But after the fight, we saw that he was human. And oh, that's the best way to sum up um, Manchester City. I felt going into the game, I was wrong. I thought that City were going to win 3-1. I felt City were going to score three goals. Uh, didn't happen. I get into my analysis. What, what, how are you? I'm good, man. You know, it's funny right now is that the skies are opening in Jamaica and the rain is coming down. Seems the, the Manchester tears have reached Jamaica. But I'm not surprised. I think I called this a while back, David. From the Champions League final was known to be Man City versus Chelsea. I said we know exactly how the game is going to go. I won't take credit there. It didn't go exactly 100% like how we th- thought it would go. But it kind of 80%, 75% about, about and the result was the result I expected. The team that defends will win, just like the Europa League final on Wednesday. All right. Yeah, I've been hypercritical of Chelsea um, and their new manager, but he got the tactics spot on. You're going to hear this throughout. I have to go with the crowd on this regard. He played the game based off of Chelsea's errors. I knew that was going to happen. But for much of that game, Chelsea was able to get on the ball. Chelsea were City were completely and utterly off balance. They're off balance because of the starting lineup, which Guardiola, I just don't understand. He did this, I always mention 2000 and 2014 or 2013, whenever the hell it was, um, when Bayern got destroyed by Real Madrid in that semifinals and he said he got it wrong. There was no reason for him to not start a defensive midfielder. The, um, the way how he played um, this game playing Gundogan, pulling Gundogan deeper, who's been your best midfielder all season long in a more advanced role, box-to-box role, being able to pick up, pick up the ball in different spaces. And him being asked now to be the defensive midfielder completely limited his play. I still don't know what Bernardo Silva's job was. Yeah. I, I'm yet to figure it out. And yeah. I don't want to re-watch the game, so I don't <laughs> think I will ever figure it out. But yeah, Brian know- Sterling... Starting, I just want to get on this. Raheem Sterling starting was was a real eye-opener. And I have to give Raheem Sterling this. I want to tell Raheem Sterling, thank you as an England fan for starting. Because his performance today showed that he should not start for England. <laughs> so if there is any plans, if there was any plans by the manager of England to start him, I'm pretty sure he saw what we all saw today. And what we've been watching for the last few months. And there was no retribution. It was just garbage from him. Foden and Kevin De Bruyne were just completely locked up based on Chelsea's system. And Kevin De Bruyne got hurt. And that summed up his game. He could get nothing going. Phil Foden and him tried to keep switching positions. And they were just off balance. And the best way to sum up Manchester City, they played the occasion and not the match. They, they seem to be... From coach down to, to the players, they just seem to be unable to, to get around the fact that they are better than Chelsea. Yeah, scar tissue. You've said it before. Man City have scar tissue in the Champions League. 
I think that played into it again. Um, for for once, I will agree with the crowd. They're going to set up Guardiola, Guardiola this game. I think he made some weird errors of judgment in regards to the starting lineup. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you with the Gundogan one. That one surprised the hell out of me, especially when you consider um, yesterday there was rumors coming out that Gundogan was injured in, in practice and might not even play the game. And all of a sudden, not only is he playing the game, he's playing in a role where it has gone completely against what has won Chelsea trophies this season, what has seen them excel. City. Yeah, City. City. That's, what, that's what has won them the trophies this season. He, he completely changed it. it. It's ridiculous when you consider the fact that he's been their best player for the most part of the season in an advanced role, getting into the box, being in those half spaces between the forward and the midfield line. And nope, he's going to play defensive midfielder. And it's not like you haven't had one of the best defensive midfielders all season in Rodri, he's, who's been tantamount to your success as well. You, you're going to take him out of the game. Made no sense right there. Um, brought on didn't, Fernandinho. Play, didn't play him at all, which is, again, shock, shock and awe. Why, why is Fernandinho coming on instead? Um, Raheem Sterling. Man, I can tell you one thing. If the rumors are true that Man City are putting up the sale, putting Sterling and Mares up for sale, um, based on this performance today, they, they actually should be true. They, they should get rid of both of them. I think this, I think this iteration of Man City, um, I've said from before, I don't think they should have won the Champions League. They got to the Champions League final. You've said before, why are they the favorites? They don't have a striker, they don't have such and such. They haven't been playing well, etc. They got to the final. It hasn't worked. They haven't won. And I just I just don't see this City team ever winning the Champions League. They, they, they were able to ride their luck against Dortmund. We spoke about that. That I, This game, honestly, this game, people were talking about this game looked like the Leon game. For City, this looked a lot like the Dortmund uh, second leg game until they, got, they were able to get the breakthrough with the penalty. Yeah. Uh, up until that point, it didn't look like they had a chance. Um, PSG, I did feel like oh, they also got lucky against PSG. They were getting that, that has been my that has players. been my that has been my statement for City in almost every round of the Champions League they've played so far. For the first time ever, the luck worked in favor of Man City. They played poorly in the majority of their games, but the luck they rode their luck. They got the victory. The last three seasons, it usually would be the opposite. They play well, and the luck goes with the opponents. It flipped this year, and I just couldn't see that happening. And I don't believe in the football football gods being that generous. I knew for a fact they were not going to slip up and get a little lucky goal against Chelsea today, and it didn't happen. Well, yes, you're a German manager, and I refuse to call him by his name. <laughs> he He was able to... He able to win one nil this time. Lost last year one nil. Uh, whereas it it seemed to. I wonder why if he was watching the game, he seemed to be watching his last year PSG team watching City because last year PSG were just all over the place, completely horrible. Neymar was terrible. Um, Mbappe was terrible, and I be, I believe the best football players in terms of just best football players on the pitch: Gundogan, De Bruyne, Foden. Those are the three best footballers on the pitch in terms of just football and ability. Gundogan, it's understandable, positionally was used wrong. Bowden and De Bruyne, mentally, positionally, tactically, balance-wise, was just all over the place. They just couldn't get hold of it. I give Chelsea credit for this. The way how Tuchel set them up in terms of having the three centre-back, and I heard Pep talking about this with Ferdinand, and this just blows my mind. He talks about that 3-2, the way how they have that five-man that five block. And I give Conte credit. Conte is going to blow up. 
people are going to blow up Conte for this, but you know my opinions on Conte already. And this game more proved me why I think he's overrated yeah. and why I think he's a very good player who's overrated. You have three centre-backs, right? You have Reese James, who was fantastic defensively as well. But yeah. I'm not going to go over and say, oh, Reese James is now one of the best right-back. He sat deep. You had three. You had Aspi beside him. You have Conte beside him, who's shuttling up and down, but was holding a lot of his right side in runs. Chelsea used a lot of the left side with Chilwell, Mount, and Werner's runs. And they were able to spread City out wide. You look at Zinchenko, for example. Zinchenko positionally on the left-hand side was just completely and utterly useless, mainly because he was trying to overload in the forward positions and then he would get caught out by Kai Havertz or Werner's runs yeah. on different positions and that would spread out the centre-backs. Not having this defensive midfielder there, that hurt them. I'm here watching this Mike Tice. I, anyway, sorry. <laughs> and focus, focus. You, yes. And you, you look at it, playing off of their mistakes, understandable, but they were able to get so much of the ball for long periods of time. Uh, they were able to be pragmatic in their approach, but patient. I thought this was what summed up Chelsea. They were able to be patient because they understood that there was just no way City was going to break them down. City just had no form of weaponry to break them down. Their only hope was for Raheem Sterling and Mahrez to be to use the dribble. And both of them just weren't able. Chilwell was the weakest defensively for, for Chelsea. And I shouldn't really say he's the weakest defensively because he had the most attacking responsibility probably of anyone in the team. And, not, and when you go forward as a fullback, you're going to have to give up something defensively. I've always explained this to people when people yeah. would say something like Trent or Dani Alves can't defend. If you're going forward that frequently, you're going to have moments where you're going to be defensively short. And Chelsea were able to cover for it. Conte, as I said, people are going to blow him up, but I will repeat again. Three centre-backs. You have another holding midfielder. You have a right-back who's very good defensively there. I would expect a very good player who's a good tackler, has fantastic energy, to be able to, to do his job. I, yeah. I, I really do. I really do. My thinking is, could Conte do that if they were playing a back four? You had a right-back that's going forward, a left-back going forward, and he's the only one there to be the defensive, defensive job like we'd seen in the past with other um, defensive midfielders who, are, who have been proclaimed as great. You understand? And that's always been my thing. I thought this game summed him up well. Very good football player. Very good game. Overrated. It's going to be an yeah. overrated performance because he's sitting deep and he's been able to nip balls, make little tackles, make little niggles here and there. And people are just going to overblow it. So, but, you know, that's the game. Um, yeah, I agree with, I'm used I agree to that with everything right you're now. saying. As, as, as we... Put it simply, I thought Chelsea were very good today in what they were going to do. Tuku set them up how we would have expected him to be set up. He made the right adjustments as Piloqueta went to centre half. Reese James went out wide, match up the speed with Sterling, match up the runs, etc. Um, solid in the midfield. Again, as you said, I agree with you. Certain things are going to be overrated. First, I don't think Kante was particularly world class today. Was he good? Of course he was good. Kante is a good player. He didn't do anything exceptional out there. He had two tackles in 90 minutes of football where City didn't threaten in any regularity at all. Great. He did fine. Jorginho was good as and well. He had three centre-backs behind him. In he had three centre-backs behind him. Yeah, for sure. So, um, so I'm wondering. 
Yeah, like, this space. He doesn't have to defend all that space. Yeah, Kovacic had two tackles as well in, in less time. So did, on, yeah. so did Jorginho. Like, it, it, the role was set up perfectly for whoever was playing in the midfield to look good. And they all did look good. I don't defensively, think it, to look good defensively. Yeah, to look good defensively, which is what their game plan was, to be solid defensively, hit on the break. Chelsea did create a fair amount of chances in the first half that they could have extended the lead. They could have gone in with more than one goal. Credit to them. Set up perfectly to exploit Man City. Pep made it easier than we would have hoped he would make it to be exploited. And Chelsea capitalized on it and they're the European champions, which is what I predicted. My guess, is, my guess is Pep thought that Aspi would have been playing right fullback and maybe he didn't watch the Aston Villa game, for example. Because anybody that had seen the Aston... If you were a coach of Chelsea, I don't believe there's a human being on earth that was coaching Chelsea, even whether you know football, or whether it was the first time you watched football in your life, would have started Aspi again at right fullback because yeah. it was so hard. There was no reason. So I think that was the reason why he started Sterling. I thought he, felt, he probably felt like he could get some turn um, on the right side, on the other side. But Sterling was just so bad. Even, what, even I don't, then. I, I think, so I think what has happened to him? I think what's even more telling, I think... I just think Pep, having played them before, having seen the lack of creation that his team um, came up with in previous games against Tuchel, I think the real change was that he wanted to go attacking, so he brought Gundogan out, or put him deeper, brought on Bernardo Silva, that extra attacking player, and Bernardo Silva, you're you're talking about Sterling was bad. Bernardo Silva, Bernardo Silva, useless. I I don't know what he does for Man City anymore. I, I thought when... He had that season, and by that season, that's that's two years ago now, I believe. I thought he was fantastic. Him and David Silva, they really gelled together. But I've said since then, I don't think De Bruyne and and Bernardo Silva can exist in the same team because their attacking capabilities are so different. And when you play through De Bruyne, you're never going to be that ball position type of um, tiki-taka that Bernardo Silva likes. So I think he was useless. But I, I think that's the idea for Pep. I think he just wanted... I think he was believing in the idea that if he puts Bernardo in there, they're going to maximize on the, the ball position and they're going to be able to create chances. City really didn't have the ball as much as we would have thought they would have had. I think it was 60% mm, for Man City, which is a credit to Chelsea. Yeah, but, but honestly, it's really not. It's a false 60% because a lot of that was in the last 15 or so minutes with Chelsea, with Chelsea sitting even deeper. Exactly. That's what I'm saying, which is a credit. It was really more of a 55, 45% game. And yeah. Chelsea and Manchester City is built up 65 to 70% position. Exactly. And, and that's the thing. And that's, that's where you have to give credit to Chelsea again because, yeah, they sat back, yeah, they defended well. And they hit on the counter. But what they also did very well is when they did get the ball, they held it very well. They were able to maneuver City out of positions, make them uncomfortable when they were holding the ball. They didn't panic with it. And that's a credit to them. In terms of in terms of patience, as I thought, good pass by Mason Mount. I'm not being his biggest fan, but he was pretty good in the first half. He completed all of his passes. He was effective. I, I, I'm not going to say it's pretty good. He was effective and he made that pass. He was able to open up second half, not much. Still not my type of midfielder. I'm never going to be a fan of his until unless something dramatically changes. Not the type of midfielder that gets on the ball, mm-hmm. who can dribble. I don't believe that he's overly technical, but he did have some moments where he switched the play from right to left. Uh, identifying it is one thing, but being able to accomplish it is another. And he was able to do that, in, especially in that first half. When Lastly on this game, though, 
I just want to wrap it up quickly because I think we've basically said what we, we need to say. And the game was fairly straightforward looking back at it. Going forward from, going forward from this game, we talk about Sterling, we talk about Mares. I do think that City should keep Sterling because you have to have at least one type of variation of player. But it makes no sense for City to sign Jack Grealish and keep Riyad Mahrez. That makes no sense. And Bernardo Silva. That makes absolutely no sense. It does. I agree with you. And, well, if the rumours are to be believed, there's also the Harry Kane equation, Harry Kane equation to consider. Would it be... How happy is he, by the way? Because if Harry Kane came to the Champions of England, UEFA Champions League winners, eh, you know, yeah, he goes there. What, what more can they do? If now that he goes there, they didn't win the Champions League, you can, he can be seen as the missing piece. I'm, I'm uh, same to... with Jack Grealish. Like Jack Grealish now, and I believe that Guardiola going forward next year, especially based off of this game, there's some players that he's going to cut. Yeah. Uh, I don't see, I do see him buying a left back. I really do. Of course. I see him getting a left back. I do see him, I do see him giving up on Sterling, unfortunately. If he can get a good price, if City can get a good price, I do believe that they will move on from him, especially based off of this game. And if he, if he, if he still believes in Bernardo Silva, that would shock me. That would really, really shock me because Bernardo Silva doesn't make any sense. He's not a midfielder that's going to control the tempo of the game. And he's not a midfielder that is going to play on the fo- play alongside Kevin De Bruyne in the forward line. So there's no reason you have Phil Foden now. Yeah. So, yeah, they of course you need depth of squad. Yeah. But I was really disappointed with, with City. I really was. I thought they were gonna win three one. I was I was really I wasn't disappointed. <laughs> I wanted City win. Maybe more of a want. Yeah. As, it sounds like it's going to be the summer of hell for me again. 2016 <laughs> was the worst summer. Honestly, I, I'm not disappointed in City at all. This is what I expected. I don't think they should have been in the final. I don't think either of these teams should be in the final. Whatever. Luck of the draw, luck of the knockout stage. They both are. And the team that I picked to win, between the two of them, did win. Am I happy about it? No. It was one of the worst games I've seen all season. But, yeah, this City team, they're not going to be Champions League winners. It's not going to happen. This team is going to get blown up in the summer. All the noise coming out, Jack Grealish, Harry Kane, it makes sense when you consider the noise around Mares and Sterling. I wouldn't be surprised to see Sterling um, jettisoned for a Jack Grealish. Uh, I, I don't think Pep wants to go through another season without a recognized centre forward. Gabriel Jesus. There are so many players right now. On yeah, this Jesus is there. The, the, the th- as, as great as everyone says this Manchester City team is, and yeah, they have great players, they have good components. You could literally name maybe eight players that sh- they could feasibly sell and not miss. Aguero's leaving. Bernardo Silva, they should probably get rid of. Mares, they probably should get rid of. Sterling, they could get rid of. Mendy, they could get rid of. Zinchenko, they could get rid of. Fernandinho, they could get rid of. Um, who else is there? Walker, they could get rid of. No, I'll, I'll give Walker this. He played well, well the last few months of the season. Um, yeah, when I, when, I, when, I, when I say get rid of, I don't necessarily mean they should. But you wouldn't, you wouldn't be surprised if, if City decided to go somewhere else with if Walker. they got rid of. Yeah. Conceal, well... Um, Cancelo, I'm butchering his name. Cancelo. Uh, I, I was, I was, I thought that he would have started instead. The game was a bit too big for Zinchenko, not because he is not a good footballer, but because of what they were asking him to do. And that was just above his pay grade and above his ability. 
yeah, I think the role didn't work out for him at all. You know, with, with Zinchenko, the thinking is always overload on the left or come into the middle and add the overload in the middle. City didn't control the ball well in the middle and Raheem Sterling was terrible in front of him. So you effectively just killed the entire purpose of Zinchenko right there. What this game did prove, though, I'm going into the Euros, going into the Copa, I'm going into the Gold Cup, is I believe that this the, 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 what we saw today tactically from Chelsea throughout the tournament, energetic football players, three at the back, two full backs. I believe that most teams are going to play that. I, I, I believe Germany is going to play that way. I know England is going to play that way. Uh, matter of fact, um, I'm starting to come around to England actually playing that way. Uh, maybe I'm just trying to convince myself. I wouldn't be surprised if Spain plays that way. I, I believe all the big teams are so nervous now. As I saw this on Twitter, people should actually give credit to Barcelona midfielders and Real Madrid midfielders being proactive. You could see Chelsea midfielders having the ball, City midfielders having the ball and having to overthink. You could yeah. actually, I felt like they were thinking. They weren't playing out with any rhythm. And, that, and playing against teams, teams are so nervous once they lose, once the possession turns over. I can see the, this Euro has been a thing, being a tournament of energy and back three. Well, when you say energy, do you mean actual energy or sit back and have bursts? No, of what I mean energy, I mean less technical and more energetic football players. Okay, well, players, well, players yeah, sure. in the midfield who are going to sure, sure. may but not I, have the creativity or the technical brilliance, but have the energy energy to get around the pitch, uh, especially after a long season, and make up for their lack of ability. That's okay. what I really thought why we saw an upturn in Conte's form was because everybody else got tired and he was being rested and his type of game of energy. That's what, we, that's what I believe we saw. Similar with Mason Mount this season. I thought that's what we, can, that's what we saw. Yeah, um, and, you know, honestly, and again, that's why it makes the Rodri not starting for City all mind-blowing. Yeah, I said the thing with that is that's that's pretty much always been how I've viewed international football in the, in the recent years, especially. Um, another big factor in that is COVID. COVID has destroyed the season, and I'm sure players are going are going in tad. So that's one of my predictions as well. I think any team that goes into the Euros or any of these knockout competitions, it's always all about um, organization. It's never really about picking the best players for the best team for the best six weeks. It's never that, which is why France have done so well recently because they're just smart, they're compact, they know what to play, they fit, they fit the players for the roles. Yeah, the, the, the sum of the parts, the sum of the parts, the, um, the, the individual the whole, sum the whole, of the parts aren't as good, but yeah. the whole, the collective, yeah. yeah and that's so yeah, somebody, yeah, lastly though, someone was critical of me and you, they were saying, what? France doesn't have all that talent. What? And I was like, it's not that France. Yeah, France talent is highly overrated individually. You can go through it. You know, yes. um, you can actually go through it. But because they are so good playing together, that's what helps them. You know, that I will. I will argue with anyone who wants to say France have. When people talk about France, especially with Deschamps recently, they're always saying they always put it toward forward as if. France should be playing like prime Spain. They should be knocking the ball consistently. I don't see where these players are coming from. And everyone's like, oh, but he could pick he could pick R from Leon. I'm like, yeah, but R from Leon can't even dominate League One. Why would he be able exactly. to dominate that's what, national that's football? That's what I said on Twitter. Like, 
I've seen him play and I'm saying, oh, he's so talented, he didn't get big. It's like, he wasn't that good. He was just normal. Are we talking about the French League here? Yeah, mate. Who are, who, who are these superbly technical, fantastic position-based players that, that France should be playing that, are going, that is going to give them a better showing than what they have right now? Because I don't see them. I don't see those players. I've said for a long time, I think France has a lot of talent in concentrated areas. Like France centre-back pool is ridiculous. They probably have 10 centre-backs that could play at the Euros. And to find in the system they have, obviously. They, yeah, wouldn't, they wouldn't play an expansive system elsewhere. But the point is, yeah, if you want to be critical of me with that, all right, sure, France are probably going to the final regardless. Well, based on how this summer started, um, United losing the Europa League final. Paul Pogba, what a performance by him. Oh, <laughs> unforgettable. Just, just memorable stuff from him. Um, Rashford, I, I can't defend him anymore, but he's been hurt, so I'm less sad. I know City, I really wanted City to win. I'm not a City fan, but I like Guardiola. And I like their style of football. And I thought they were, I like in, innovation. Innovation is dead in modern day football, David. Innovation does not give you trophies. <laughs> but it, you know, it's funny, Stefan, that's two finals. And you know, I also watched the NBA, that's three. I also watched the NFL, the team that I wanted to win the NFL lost in the conference finals you know now i've lost two finals no that's three we have the nba finals coming up um which is interesting which is going to be interesting i'm a lakers fan and then we have the coach i want messi to win and of course i want the european championships i want england to win so essentially what you're saying is that we should bet against everything that you want this summer yeah so what i'm saying (laughs) is i'm going to bet on the teams that I don't want to win. So going into the Euros, I'm picking like France, who have been critical. I'm going to say France is winning. Matter of fact, that's my prediction now. <laughs> it's not based on anything tactical. It's based on the fact that everything, this is, this is shaping up to be a year from hell. So France is winning the Euros. I'm, I'm tongue-in-cheek, of course, but don't be surprised if France win. David, uh, it's late in China, guys. David is David is is hurt. It's late. He wants to go to bed. Five thirty morning. <laughs> wow. I'm wearing a blue shirt. I'm gonna have to wear it for the next four days. So anyway, a good good chatting. Good chatting with you, Stefan. Always for, good. Looking forward to talking to you. Chat. Catch yeah, up with you sure next man. week. For sure, man. Looking All right. Forward. Peace.